We are in week six of Come Follow Me and in Moses 8 and Genesis 6 through 11. And there's just a few things that jumped out. And the first one is in verse 2 of Moses 8. It talks about Methuselah, the son of Enoch, not being taken, that the covenant of the Lord might be fulfilled, which he made to Enoch. For he truly covenanted with Enoch that Noah should be the fruit of his loins. And what came to mind is Moroni. And when God covenanted with Mormon, that Moroni would live. And he was left alone and hiding for his life and his safety these 20 years to bring these records to our attention. But what, or to bring it to us, what a blessing in our life. But what a sacrifice for Moroni. And I had that same thought come to mind. Poor Methuselah. Here's Enoch who gets to create this society where they're all one and they're all pursuing God. How sad that Methuselah is left behind in this wicked, wicked world. And he lives the longest that I know of anyone in the scriptures. If I'm not wrong, I'm pretty sure it's Methuselah, 969 years. And just that just hurt my heart. I thought God is so good to honor his father's prayers, Enoch's prayers, and honor that covenant. But how amazing is Methuselah? It reminds me of Abraham taking Isaac to be sacrificed. And as we learn, Isaac is an adult and willingly goes and is a represent represents Christ and his willingness to be sacrificed, knowingly going with his full um, what's that? We have our choice and our accountability, and it's our ability to choose. Christ chose, Methuselah chose, Moroni chose, Isaac chose. And I just think all of those are such beautiful examples, and that's what stood out in that to me. Um, it's just interesting. It's one verse, but man, what a lesson that teaches about Methuselah and God's covenants with parents. So you know what? You can pray, and because of your righteousness, you can bring miracles in your children's lives. Okay, verse 12. It tells us Noah was 452 when he begat Japheth. I'm sure he had kids before that. We don't know that. 494, okay, because it tells us that 42 years pass, and then he has Shem, and I'm sure he has kids in between that. So he's 494. And then it tells us of the same mother. And then it says, then he has him. And it doesn't say of the same mother when he is 500. So that's interesting. But what is more interesting is then you jump down to 14 and it talks about that their daughters were appealing to the sons of men. So the people who had, were not keeping the covenants of God and following God, their daughters married and then ceased to follow God. And that is gut-wrenching. It reminds me of Lehi leaving Jerusalem, that he has daughters he leaves behind. Um, that's the only thing we know for sure because it does mention them further in the scriptures. And what a heartache for Sariah and for him to leave children behind and grandchildren and know Jerusalem's going to be destroyed. That's what stood out in this. Um, Noah, when he builds the ark and know, and is pleading for people to repent and knows the, that around them or the entire earth, whichever way you choose to think of that, 
is going to be destroyed. That is his children and posterity. And what a heartbreak. And so I just want to emphasize that while there is blessings in this, there is choosing to obey God wholeheartedly above anything else. And what an example that is and what a heartache. It was a huge sacrifice. And um, I just think that's an, a, great, a great example for us. Okay, one of the other things that I love is in 17, it says, Yet his days shall be 120 years, and if men do not repent, I will send a flood. That is the age of man. And it says it a couple times in this. Um, it says it, I think, in Genesis 2. But I can remember when I taught in the DNC, it says that in the millennium, men will be twinkled at the age of man. And for some reason, I had 120 years written there. And I can remember my parent, my mom saying, how do you know that? Where is that found? That's where that is found. That is the age of man. And it says it in Moses and in, I believe it says it in Genesis. There's two places. So that's how come I have 120 years written that we will be twinkled. And I would joke with my kids and say, instead of having birthday parties, we're going to say, hey, come, it's grandma's 120th birthday. We're going to watch her get twinkled. Anyway, so I, that is the age of man. Okay, 21. This is so interesting to me because this feels like such a mockery as you read this. And it says, and also after they had heard him, they came up before him, and this is Noah, saying, behold, we are the sons of God. Have we not taken on ourselves the daughters of men, taken unto ourselves the daughters of men? Are we not eating and drinking and marrying and given in marriage? And our wives bear us children, like the same as mighty men, which are like unto men of old, men of great renown. And they hearken not to the words of Noah. And the reason this sounds so mocking is, you're saying we have to do your path. We have to obey the commandments. We have to do all these hard things. Well, look at us. We did it a different way and we are happy. And I feel like that's what the world says constantly. But what the gospel promises is lasting happiness after this life, joy in the world to come. And so it just feels so mocking and so much like the world says, and it tells us in 22, they were evil continually. And so that was a big thing. All right. I love in 27 that it says, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord for Noah was perfect. And if you read the footnote, it means integrity in Genesis is what it cross-references to is integrity. And what that means to me is that God comes first and that you are honest and that you repent. You can be, I always will say my parents were not perfect, but man, they were perfect in their example of following the Savior. And I think that's the only thing we can be perfect in. And so here is Noah. And it says it several times in Genesis chapter 6. I think it's verse 22. It says, thus did Noah according to all God commanded him. That's perfection. You do all God commands. We can be perfect in that. And then I love um, in chapter 7, verse 5, it says, and Noah did according unto all the Lord commanded him. And that's what perfect is. Okay, also in Genesis, so we're done with Moses, but in Genesis I love that as it talks about Noah's journey and 40 days and 40 years and the dove and sevens and sevens, 
I loved one year the Lord, um, well, the Spirit really impressed on me, and it was great to do it before teaching seminary, that, to study the numbers in the scriptures and that there are certain numbers that are repeated quite often. And seven is one, and 40 is one, and three is one, but seven means complete, like the creation of the world. And so it's like a complete, a perfect, a perfect cycle. So it may not mean that he was actually in there seven days and sent the dove. It just means a complete cycle, a perfect cycle, and he sends it out. And I think it's so interesting to study in those chapters. It's all done by sevens, which means complete or perfect. And then 40, the 40 years or the 40 days that it rained, um, and Israel wandered 40 years is a probation or a trial. It is chastisement, and it's an opportunity. And the Lord's 40-day fast, it's an opportunity to be tried and tested. And so I loved that. Okay, then the last thing that really stood out to me, um, jumped out, that, and there's so many things, but it's a story we've heard, and I listen to follow him, and I really try not to repeat things that I'm hearing other places because I think you guys are smart and you know this. So I'm trying to draw out things that just stick out to me. And in chapter 8, verses 20 and 21, I loved this. And Noah builded an altar unto the Lord, builded, I wonder, built an altar, <laughs> and took of every clean beast and every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. He loved Noah. And what I loved is the Lord has him bring seven. You know, it talks about two by two, the ark, but he has him bring seven. And what so hit me as I read this is he prepared enough that Noah would have animals to offer sacrifice and gratitude to the Lord. He knew Noah would do that first thing when he got there. And that so touched God. And he had this desire. Once again, he saw his children and their potential to become perfect or complete or more like him and their desires to become like him. And that so touched me that he provided it. But he was so touched by Noah's gratitude. God provides everything for us. It's like us paying tithing and fast offerings. It's all his. And yet how much he blesses us when we give just a portion back and act grateful. So I loved that. I hope you know the church is true. And more than that, I hope you know how much our Savior loves you.